What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Top 5 at 5 with your host, Johnny Quest. Today is Monday, October 12th. Here's what you missed while you were celebrating your sports wins or mourning their losses over the weekend. All right, the Senate Judiciary Committee started their confirmation hearings for Amy Coney Barrett to take over the now-empty seat of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. This will be the first time a confirmation hearing takes place while early voting has already begun for the presidential election. I mean, it's only 22 days away. Something Republicans seem to not really care about, even after saying they would never do this, just like most politicians. You can only believe what they say in the moment for that moment's situation. Once things change, so does their ideology. So what's the deal today? Well, that's really most of what they're talking about in opening statements. That and Democrats being worried about the Affordable Care Act being dismantled by someone that currently doesn't agree with it and has been pretty critical of the latest two decisions in the court that have upheld it. There's also the same argument that was still being made today about Roe versus Wade as well, especially since it came to light that Miss Barrett, quote, in 2006 signed a two-page ad in the South Bend Tribune declaring that it's time to put an end to the barbaric legacy of Roe v. Wade and restore laws that protect the lives of unborn children. According to The Guardian, the ad was sponsored by St. Joseph County Right to Life, a group that Barrett and her husband were members of. The group also opposes in vitro fertilization, end quote. Yeah, she's super Catholic. Not that there's anything wrong with that, as many Republicans would argue and have been doing today, but there's no religious test for public service as they also keep on saying you can or cannot practice your religion on your own time what you can't and shouldn't do is allow your religious beliefs to influence your decisions when ruling on established law that's where being a supreme court justice could very well get slimy for miss barrett who really doesn't have any disqualifications for the role other than, I don't know, I personally find it weird that she never actually practiced law. She was a professor at Notre Dame for many years. She was then nominated for the courts. I mean, I guess she knows law, but just seems weird to me. She did clerk for Justice Scalia, who passed away in 2015, and she's basically said she's his junior. So if you wanted more of him, celebrate. If he bothered you to the core as he did me, let us sweep together in tears of defeat. Because I see nothing preventing this confirmation from continuing and a swearing-in ceremony before the end of this year. What you gonna do? Well, I mean, I guess you can try Trump's strategy from the 2016 debate stage where he says, quote, delay, 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 delay. Remember when Trumpito won the election and stated that he would be bringing back manufacturing jobs to the U.S.? And then he started touting the big deal that was going to be made in Wisconsin, where the Taiwanese manufacturing company, known internationally as Foxconn, was going to start making iPhones in the U.S., which we then learned, nah, they're just going to make LCD panels here. Cool, but they were still supposed to hire 13,000 people, <laughs> even before they broke ground in an elaborately staged ceremony with Trump included. They'd already dropped that down to a smaller factory and around 520 new hires. By the way, the former Wisconsin Governor Scott Walker hooked them up with $3 billion in tax subsidies and a $10 billion investment in the supposed 20 million square foot factory that was never built. Yeah, probably why he lost the election in 2018. Sure, it didn't help. And now the current governor, Tony Evers, was like... 
Nuh-uh, you ain't getting nothing. Quote, the Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation, which oversees the deal, rejected Foxconn's application for tax subsidies on the grounds that Foxconn had not carried out the LCD factory project described in its original contract. The issue of factory type is more than a technicality. The state's economic impact analysis was predicated on an enormous factory rapidly scaling up to employing 13,000 people and tapping into local supply chains. This hasn't happened, end quote. Yeah, the state is hoping that this might bring Foxconn back to the table to renegotiate their contract. They don't want to kick Foxconn out. They just don't really want to be on the hook for this deal if a factory is not going to be made that employs 13,000 people. Obviously, $3 billion in subsidies doesn't make any sense if they're never going to hire all those people initially intended. Now, Foxconn hasn't responded, but I'm guessing Tony Go isn't feeling too happy right now. All right, so I haven't done an international story lately. Obviously, there are some things happening here in the States that I couldn't ignore. But over the weekend, we had a big update on what's going on between Azerbaijan and Armenia over the territory known internationally as Nagorno-Karabakh, or as the Armenians call it, Artsakh. And now, for the sake of this segment, I'm just going to call it Artsakh because it's faster and easier to say, not because I'm on either side of the argument. Just wanted to note that. Okay, so here's the part where I try to condense a thousand years of history into a two-minute segment, and I'm already over. 25 seconds in. The main thing here is this region has typically had ethnic majority Armenians mixed with a few Azeris. And this battle really all started back during the USSR days, where large numbers of Armenians lived in the territory of Artsakh, which is inside the borders of Azerbaijan. Now, they've fought over this region for decades, and the most recent ceasefire was back in 1994. When both countries left the Soviet Union, the section of Artsakh tried to also declare the independence and called itself the Republic of Artsakh. But no UN nation, not even Armenia, has recognized it. Okay, now this year, in the middle of all the other BS going on, fighting has started to increase along the borders again. 14 died back in July, and it's only escalated even further. Last week, there was drone strikes in the region by the Azeris to try and take control of the region back. Over 100 military and over 25 civilian deaths have taken place. And those are just the known numbers. Armenia declared martial law in the region to get their military prepared if they needed to intercept. This had kind of become a full-scale war. There's tanks, drone strikes, missiles, and rockets, hundreds of deaths. And the biggest instigator here really has been Turkey. No surprise, Erdogan is egging this on by blaming the Armenians, typical, and even threatening to join the Azeris in action. Of all people, Iranians are some of the ones calling for peace, and Russia too. Of course, the U.S. is also looking to help broker peace, but it looks like we have a ceasefire. But not because of our doing. No, it was Russia and Vladimir Putin that once again brought stability to that region's fighting. For now. Now, this temporary truce allows both sides to exchange prisoners and recover their dead. And the Turkification of the region really worries Russia. And it should worry others as well. Armenians in the U.S., of which there is an estimated 500,000 to well over a million, took to the streets in support and or protest of celebration. You could see in New York City with a large Armenian population, protesters blocked traffic over the weekend on the Brooklyn Bridge. Apparently, that's the new thing to do if you want some attention. But that's where we are with this story right now, in this temporary truce ceasefire. It's going to be interesting to see what happens from here and if a lasting agreement can be made for the people of Nagorno-Karabakh or Artsakh, however you refer to it.
All right, this is one of those stories where you're left with more questions than answers, but I guess we'll have to wait until it goes to trial to learn more. Check this out. Imagine you're working your day job at your little bodega and three dudes with masks and assault rifles jump out of a minivan, run to the jewelry store next door and scream out, this is a robbery. Probably call the cops, right? Well, I mean, that's what happened in New Orleans a couple years back. So why am I talking about this now? Well, the three actors in the ski masks were just that, actors in the NCIS New Orleans show. But apparently, producers forgot to tell the neighbors or the law enforcement that they were filming that day. So cops showed up, guns drawn, and had to be talked down. The actors confessed to being just that. And I would imagine there was a camera crew there as well. So now those actors are suing CBS Productions for the trauma they still feel and experience. They really thought they were going to die. And CBS's defense so far is, why are you suing us in LA? That took place in new orleans which is a pretty weak ass argument i mean how did they not have permits in place how did they not give anyone a heads up but also how did the bodega people not notice a camera crew lighting catering mics and cabling and all the usual stuff i see around here when they're filming a small segment for yet another cop drama all of this i don't know seems pretty suspect but most likely is gonna fall against cbs and their failure to manage this properly i'm guessing out of court settlement for three out of work actors looking for some bread but damn good thing nothing happened that would have been one crazy cliffhanger for ll cool j to solve i don't know is he even still on that show And finally, we spoke previously about the airline industry suffering a massive economic hit due to the demic. And it's not just in the US, it's an international issue. Well, in Singapore, they're trying to do something unique. Singapore Airlines decided to make their grounded planes into pop-up restaurants. Yeah, two of their super jumbo planes are being turned into business class dining centers. And if you're thinking, who the F wants to eat airplane food on purpose? Well, you wouldn't be crazy because that's exactly what I thought. Even though Singapore Air is classy it's still a friggin' airplane right well color me foolish because they sold out all of their tickets within 30 minutes there must be nothing else to do in singapore and it ain't cheap either a sweet meal yeah they have sweets on their planes would cost 475 dollars business class seats were 235 dollars premium economy was 70 bucks and it was 40 bucks to sit in the back and tell all your friends that you actually sat in the front but i mean you're still sitting in an airplane seat they're not that nice and also like they're not gonna make back the 1.2 billion dollars they'd lost so far in peanuts and blue chips or whatever else they're serving but it's probably a better deal than that cruise ship from singapore that goes nowhere just goes around the island i mean i get that you're bored but no no cruise ships even at 50 percent capacity and only singapore citizens i mean i imagine you'd probably need to open table a reservation at the emergency room for when you return right Well, my beautiful people, those are my top five news stories of the day. And for all of you that like the bonus news section where I just basically read off headlines, I wanted to give a shout out to Lakers fans. First NBA championship in 10 years and fourth for LeBron James on his third team. Haters going to hate, but he got them rings and them bonus checks that come with it. What else happened? Oh, Rafael Nadal, king of the clay, won his 13th French Open and his 20th Grand Slam, most of all time, beating out Roger Federer. And Rafa really killed Djokovic yesterday. Thought it was going to be a better match, but he really owns the clay. Oh, yeah, last Thursday, 
Tim Bradley totally forgot that fourth down is what happens after the first three plays. So he totally lost the game for the Bucks by having a Chris Webber moment. Great job. Oh, what else happened in sports? Oh, the freaking Yankees lost to the Rays in five games. Dang it. On to next year. Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott. Looks like he's gone for the season, but the Cowboys season was already done anyways. What else is there? Oh yeah, Trump is immune to the virus. He's got this glow around him that protects him. You didn't know about that? Yeah, nobody else did, because it doesn't exist. Telling you, dude has lost his marbles. For you online shoppers, Amazon Prime Day starts tomorrow. The deals are already starting to roll out. And at the same time, Walmart and Target are having their own sales to drag you away and entice you with curbside pickup. So you have options, people. This is basically a week of sales. Take advantage. Spend that money and help to keep the economy propped up. Spend, spend, spend. All right. Don't forget to vote. Make sure you beat your registration deadline if you haven't already. Lots of states that have that in-person early voting so you don't have to be stuck in line. Take advantage of that or just mail in your absentee. But remember, be counted. Link in the show notes if you have any questions about your state. And for those of you that have already voted, thanks. And once again, thanks to my regular listeners that are always telling their friends where to get the daily news updates, top5at5.com. And if you're new here, welcome. Why not consider subscribing, adding me to your list of podcasts? And if you don't really listen to podcasts, welcome to the life. But as always, remember, stay focused, stay proud, and stay dedicated in all you do. Dodge the rest and catch up with me because I got you with the news.